The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the Addiction Podcast. This is Joni Siegel, and I'm here today in the studio with co-host... Jason Good. We're here. We are post-Christmas. Yes, we are. This is my favorite time of year because our phones... Not stop ringing today. Oh. This is what commonly happens after the holidays is that... A bunch of people who we either spoke to and said, you know, you should really do this before the holidays because this is how it might end up. And they said, no, no, no. I want my loved one around for the holidays. Because that's what's important to me because (laughs) their priorities are correct. And then the other part of it is people that just didn't call because they're like, we are not going to deal with this until after the holidays because God forbid this comes up and people find out that my kid is an addict. And so now that we're two days after Christmas and the phones are ringing and it's like, here we go. It's what happens every year. The good thing is people are calling. The good thing is these people survive through it. Yes. Um, because what we failed to recognize are that people do die on Christmas from yep. drug overdoses, just like they do every other day of the year. Uh, it doesn't really matter what day it is. Your addiction doesn't necessarily care. Neither does the fentanyl you might be injecting or snorting or whatever. Um, interesting. We had five people start the program this week. Awesome. So that's we had a bunch of people start. Um, and one, one five people that will have a clean and sober life in 2019. Yeah. Yay. Now, now the, yeah. And the thing is, is that people got to a point where they were like, we can't do this and wait until after the holiday, because this is such a severe situation that we need to get them, you know, out. We need to get them into rehab or back to rehab or whatever it is. And so, you know, this Christmas week was really, really kind of bittersweet for me because I got to see a lot of people come in, which also shows me that obviously the addiction problem is still bad out there. But at least these people came in and were not liabilities to their family during Christmas or after Christmas or on Christmas Eve or whatever. Um, you know, I've been working with a family for a couple of weeks and they said this was literally the worst Christmas they ever had because of what the kid was doing um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day after. And it's like... I told you. How many times have you said it on the podcast? Over and over and over again on the podcast, we we tell that. Do you know you've you've been there? You've lived it. You know it. You know we're not just like speaking out of our hats here, people. I like how you said hats. Hats. Uh, (laughs) Speaking out of our hats. (laughs) We keep it a PG. (laughs) It's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, speaking out of our hats. I like it because because we you know. You've been through it, I, you know. I've so. been through it, and it's it's interesting because I've seen – I got clean right after the opioid crisis really took off. So I got to have like a, I got an exterior viewpoint and like watch the whole thing happen and realize that, one, I got very into it at one point. As it started, you know, I was – I had surgery and was put on OxyContin, and, you know, I saw how easy it was to happen, and I've just watched this whole progression of – um, I've watched this whole progression – of addiction happened in the last you know 20 or so years because it started with the opioids and the opioids kind of just exploded to where that was like the biggest thing and then the opioid pills got pulled back and heroin came on the scene but then things like meth and benzos and synthetic drugs really started to take off and it's like 
it's absolute chaos out there. Um, yep. Now it's one of those times where, like I'm really happy I'm a drug counselor and I'm like really happy that I'm a sober person that can have this viewpoint and say, look, we got to figure this thing out because now that we're coming towards the end of the year, uh, the CDC and the other organizations are going to start releasing 2018 statistics on the drug crisis. And when I checked in on it about three months ago, it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, it didn't show that there's any kind of marked improvement. The only thing that it shows, which I think is quite obvious to you and me, is that there's a huge spike in overdose deaths with synthetic opioids, synthetic opioids being fentanyl and, and all its analogs. And so that's kind of that's kind of what we got cooking right right now which leads me to something interesting now i have my own viewpoint on harm reduction as do you harm mm-hmm. reduction meaning like a way you can kind of use but do it more safely like oh yeah like, like clean, we'll provide like, clean needles, like needle exchanges and, yeah, 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 and stuff yeah. like that i'm not against needle exchanges personally i think that like hey if they're gonna do it at least have that available however there's this thing that's going around right now which is a little bit weird to me it's fentanyl testing kits so like addicts can test their heroin for fentanyl, fentanyl before fentanyl they it, shoot it up before they take it here's my is it gonna stop them that's the thing i don't think that would that wouldn't have stopped me if there was fentanyl in it i would have taken it quicker because i knew i wouldn't be sick right as much you know if, it's, if there's a ton of fentanyl in it great yeah uh, that's the same that's the same like psychosis that goes around with you know opioid addicts want to go to the dope spots where people are dying from the heroin because right. it means it's really strong yeah um, and when you're sick that you're just desperate to not be sick right um, and so basically, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's more of like a benign thing. Like, I don't know why anyone would think this is going to do anything. Right. Because I don't know of any addict that's going to say, oh, well, this heroin I just bought is fentanyl and I'm going to bring it back and get a refund or I'm not going to take it or flush right. it or something. Because <clears throat> that's not going to happen. I keep reading articles about groups that are piloting this stuff. Um, these fentanyl test strips. And so I, I I just think it's moving in the wrong direction. Yep. I don't think we need to move into directions where we're necessarily trying to allow people to continue using and make it a little bit safer necessarily. But I think that, you know, testing your drugs for the presence of a drug that might kill you, it wouldn't have deterred me. Right. Personally. Right. So uh, that's what I've read about more often in the last month or two. Interesting. Well, I have two stories this week. And my stories are about alcoholism. Oh. And um, interestingly enough, I, I have a very good friend who um, is a judge locally. And her best friend, I didn't know this, I guess, had had a long-term alcohol problem and finally went into the hospital with cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, no. Because anybody listening, if you're not aware of it, if you abuse alcohol, you can end up with things like cirrhosis of the liver because Mm -hmm. it destroys the liver, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think it was on Christmas Day he finally passed away, Mm. which I think is so sad. And also, interestingly enough, there was a period, I guess, Christmas Eve, or I think it was the 23rd, maybe, Steve had spoken to this judge, and she said that um, it looked like her friend might make it. And so Steve had suggested, well, if he does, let's see if we can he can get into Narconon. He might sure. not even physically be able to do that, but let's check it out and see if he can possibly do the Narconon program. But unfortunately, he passed away oh, on no. Christmas Day, which is very unfortunate. Uh, you know, another story is there's a gentleman that I know, he's not a close friend, but he's an acquaintance, and I had asked him... Um, Wednesday, you know, how his, uh, that would be yesterday, yes, how his Christmas had gone, or maybe it was Christmas Day, I don't remember. And he said, 
well, not very well. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, you know, I just found out that my wife, I didn't just find out, but he said, I had, I had my wife arrested two nights ago uh, in what? your driveway. He said, there was a cop car in your driveway. He said, I, I thought you would have noticed. And I said, no, I was, I was out of town. So I didn't notice. And Steve didn't notice it. And, um, he said, yeah, he said, she, I found out last July that she had a drinking problem, but she'd been hiding it from me because they've been married for two years, three years. I not smell it. I don't, don't, I don't, I don't know. So he said, he said, yeah, I had her arrested and he had all of her things packed in the driveway. And then I was observing yesterday, spying, if you will, mm-hmm. watching what was happening because she came back to pick up all her stuff, loaded all her stuff into her car and then unloaded everything back into the house. So I I feel like he has probably decided that maybe she told him she was going to get help, and so he's kind of welcomed her back into the house. I hope that that's the case, that she is going to get help, because if he is thinking that she's just going to be able to handle this on her own... I wonder what he was having her arrested st- for. Because she was abusive, I think. Oh. I think she would get abusive, that's what he said. Huh. Yeah. That, and, that's... Um, because that happens with alcohol, it you does. know, it does. It's like it, people get very, people can get very, very combative. abusive and combative yeah. on alcohol. And I think that's, that's what he experienced. But, um, actually an ex-girlfriend did the same, I did the same thing to her on a new year's Eve in like 2011 and she had blacked out drunk at eight 30 and ended up with her going to jail from like destroying the apartment. Right. Um, I mean, alcohol, see, alcohol is one of those drugs. I don't think. And I say, and I said it, alcohol is one of those drugs because alcohol is a drug. Right. Any which way you look at it. Yes, it is. No, it, there's no question about we need that. To take out, yeah, I mean, we need to take out the idea that's like, it, it's a social lubricant. It's one of those things that's just socially acceptable to do at a party, at dinner, at a work event, um, you know, at 11 a.m. on a Sunday at brunch with your girlfriends, whatever, mimosas or things. It's just like, it's, it's such a socially acceptable drug. That I don't think we give enough attention, and I say we, I mean all of us as like a society, don't give enough attention to how dangerous that drug is to the point of when a person is smoking weed, I can assume they're going to do a few things. They're going to they're gonna smoke weed, and they're going to pass out, and they're going to eat a bunch and be stupid. But if a person gets really, really, really drunk... They're, they might drive their car. They might kill a family of four. They're going to beat their wife or their husband. It's just the behavior becomes so erratic and so aggressive and dangerous in certain individuals that I think we really need to pay more attention as a, as a society, again, to the effects of alcohol. Because it's – I mean it's even – it's even to a point where I actually had a person approach me before the holidays and say, Jason, I want you to help write a guide about how to drink successfully through the holidays. And I was like, Huh? And it took me back a second. I was like, I feel like we just need to look at it for what it is because I've known so many people that have such a severe problem with alcohol that I see alcohol dependencies being more dangerous and more deadly than other types of dependencies because like, okay, so if like you're addicted to heroin, you might overdose and that's the end of it. But with alcohol, it's like you are consistently destroying your body over a long period of time to the point where it literally gets to a point where you can't take it anymore and your body shuts off and that's the end of it. But alcohol is just one of those drugs where it's like the behavior of a person becomes so unpredictable that I find it scarier to deal with a really, really drunk person than like a really, really high person. So I feel like I could handle a really, really high person pretty easily, but a person that's really drunk is going happy, sad, angry, apathetic, 
tons of energy won't move it's just like all over the place and i think it's like one of those things that really needs to get paid attention to because it's too often in the media and in you know pop culture and stuff like that and drinking and getting and like smashed on the weekends at the club with your friends is like a totally cool thing to do and that's what you do when you're well i'm gonna chime in here because i because i think you you somewhat hit it when you say getting smashed okay there's a difference between having a glass of wine with dinner and getting smashed exactly but here's the thing i that that seems that makes sense to me is when someone says to you hey jason will you write a guide for how to drink safely okay if someone needs that, they're probably not drinking safely in the first place. Well, right. Because I know, for example, if I have two glasses of wine, I don't get behind the wheel of my car. Mm-hmm. So when I go out to dinner with friends and I have a glass of wine, mm-hmm. that's it. I do not have a second one. Because I know, because I've read the police things or whatever, you know, that these are the statistics this is how long it stays in the body this is how much it is you know and it's also interesting to me when you go when i go into a restaurant and say oh can i have a glass of your house red they go would you like six ounces or nine ounces and for me i'm like six ounces is fine (laughs) but so i don't need that guide right but the people who need the guide are not going to pay attention anyway and they're going to do the nine ounces and they're going to do more than one nine ounce and they may or may not have a designated driver and that's where that do you understand what i'm saying yeah, it's like, I, it's like I the totally guide agree. is not going to be read by the right people no it's like the need for the the need for the guide is the indicator those of guys a problem. are already gone those guys problem. are all those guys are not going to pay attention right. to the guy no no you know it's like it, it, and it's absolutely a thing. And it's just like a guide how to drink successfully. I got it. I just yeah. figured it out. It's one word. Don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, and I understand people are going to drink. I do. I mean, yeah. it's like I'm not going to sit here on a soapbox and like lecture everyone about not drinking and doing this and stuff like that. It's just like look at all of the alcohol influences that are constantly around us. And I hate to say it, but literally all the time. Like how often – for instance, Joni, how often do you think you encounter an advertisement for alcohol on an ordinary basis? And I'm talking about even going to the grocery store, or the Seven Eleven, or whatever. It's about the same as prescription drugs. Like when I watch TV, you've got the Kettle One vodka, you've got the the beer, um, you've got um, hard cider, and then of course every five minutes you've got the drug for eczema and rheumatoid arthritis which by the way was the one which by the way was the drug that that was promoted two years ago for depression right and now is promoted for rheumatoid arthritis Mm -hmm. so get a get a get a clue there but i just i just think that that type of guide while it's probably you can get it from the police department yeah it's like how much is it legal to drink before you drive you know actually technically it's not legal at all just the legal limit to where you're actually intoxicated is 0.08 but but most people know that that i think unless they have an alcohol problem as which at which point like i say they're not going to read that anyway i sincerely hope that this guy's wife is going to get help but i'm a little concerned about it you know because you know, that's what has to happen. And and this is another thing. You know, I think that oftentimes, like, what constitutes a drinking problem? If you have to have drinks every day, if you have to have drink to function, if you have to have alcohol to communicate to people or talk to people, you have a problem there Other for which alcohol has now become a solution. And I think that oftentimes we, I agree with you, we overlook it as a problem. You know, oh, it, you know, Uncle Henry 
has five glasses of wine and goes unconscious on the couch. And we think, oh, isn't that funny? He does it every year. Okay. Is he also, maybe he's doing it at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Is he also doing it every night at home? That's what I was just going to say. It's like for that family member, it's like, okay, so they get drunk and like get a little whacked out and funny and everyone's laughing at Christmas. What do you think is happening 364 other days in the year though? Exactly. You have to look at that flip side. Exactly. And as you said, okay, you think, okay, the guy has five glasses of wine and he's going unconscious on the couch. What's the danger in that? The danger is my friend's friend with cirrhosis of the liver and he's only he can't be in his 40s he couldn't have been in his 40s 30s i'm thinking he was in his 30s and he died okay it's like long-term alcohol abuse can kill your body it causes extreme dehydration Mm -hmm. it causes tremors delirium tremens and it causes cirrhosis of the liver not to mention a bunch of other physical problems that happen so yeah, something we got to keep in mind for so you, sure. You, it absolutely is, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Something you have to keep in mind when you're drinking is the physical damage that is causing to your body if you're doing it in excess. And I'm not saying that like one glass of wine every now and then is going to f- damage your body for like the most part, but alcoholic daily drinking definitely is. You said something a couple of minutes ago about um, your body becoming dependent on alcohol and you, you shake or you get withdrawals and things like that. I wanted to draw a distinction because I actually had someone call to, I think it was a week ago. Um, and they had this question and, uh, I wanted to draw the distinction. Like what's the difference between dependence and addiction? Because there is a difference. There is. There's a distinct difference. Okay. Um, and this is something I've, I've gotten asked quite a bit. Okay. So for the listeners and I guess for your information too, I want to like draw out, there is a distinction. There is a thing. I'm going to stop you for one second. You're going to tell us the difference between addiction and dependence after I remind everybody that they're listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. If you'd like to find out more information on the podcast, you can find out on our Facebook page. Just look for the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. And if you'd like more information on Narcan on Suncoast, you can call 1-877-339-3324. That's 1-877-339-3324. Jason, what's the difference between that, addiction <laughs> and dependency? Was, I got in my thing. That was fantastic. What was going through my head right now was just like, are we doing commercials? <laughs> That was really funny. Steve always wants me to mention the phone number in the middle of the podcast because you figure some people maybe hear the beginning. Maybe some people don't tune in until toward the end. Maybe they get the end, but now it's in the middle. That was fantastic. So go ahead. So there's a difference between a dependency and an addiction. I don't believe you, but you can explain it to me. Okay, I'll explain it. Okay, so dependence is this. Dependence is characterized by your body being used to having a certain substance um, and it requires it for proper daily functioning after it's become accustomed to it. So it's kind of like um, if you take, I'm trying to think of a thing you, for the Dristan or Alarest. Yeah, I grew okay, up yeah, taking right. okay, like so say, oh, here's a good allergy one. medicine. Wait, no spray. No spray. Okay. No spray. Afrin. Afrin. Okay. My grandmother got hopelessly dependent on this substance. So she had a cold. She used Afrin. You use it. You spray your nose. Opens your nasal passages up. Good. After three days, she tried to stop using it after her cold was gone, but her nose was still stuffy. So she had to keep using it and her nose would unstuff. And then it just like continued like that. So like a long time later, she still needed it to breathe correctly. It's because her body become dependent on it to function normally and stopping 
the usage of it caused a withdrawal. Period. What's the difference between that and addiction? Uh-huh. So you can become dependent on things like nasal spray. You can become dependent on things like uh, caffeine. Chap- chapstick. <laughs> caffeine. Caffeine. <laughs> right. Caffeine. Espresso. Espr- but right. So those are stuff. Those are substances that your body became accustomed to. This is physiological, physiologically speaking. When we're talking about dependence, it's purely a physiological problem. Take the mind and the mental stuff out of it. Okay. Physiologically, your body is dependent on something to continue functioning normally. Okay. Because you put it in there for a period of time. Your body got used to it. Now it needs that to function normally. If you, if you stop it, the cessation of, that, of taking that substance will cause a withdrawal but, or a detox. But that is part of addiction. It's part There's of it. There's just more right. to it. Okay, There's right. part, that's part of addiction. But dependence doesn't always go with addiction. I'm sorry. Addiction doesn't always go with dependence, but dependence is always with addiction. Okay. Addiction. Yes. Is like how do you could have you could have a dependency without being an addict, but if you're an addict, you also have, have dependency, dependency. Exactly. because you have the physical need for the substance in addition to the mental and spiritual need. Ser- exactly. So when you come to addiction, let's talk about addiction. When I talk about addiction. A lot of people think, oh, you're talking about the fact that you just need this drug to get by. And it's like, well, not on a physical level necessarily, like not solely on a physical level. Addiction is characterized by, and this is my personal definition of addiction that I created. Addiction is the compulsive usage of a substance over and over and over again, despite receiving negative consequences for doing so. Okay. Okay. So the addiction part, that's a mental and emotional thing. Because right. mental and emotional in the way of it's a compulsion. You need to do it. This is your coping strategy. This is how you get through life. Not on a physical level necessarily only. It's how you mentally, emotionally, spiritually get through life and handle problems and solve crisis situations and cope with things and deal with the sadness and pain and hurt and loss and heartache and all those things that life is a part. That's that's part of life. Exactly. Um but well, that's, that's what addiction. I was saying. But that's what I was saying in regards alcohol. Like if you need alcohol to function on a daily basis and do your job and work with the people around you and deal with your family and deal with life. Mm-hmm. That's you got addiction. A, you got, yeah, you got an addiction problem. You got an alcohol problem. But say it's this. Say it's you're an al- you're, you drink alcohol and you take a shot every morning because at some point you got accustomed to it. Now, that's not how you deal with life necessarily. It's not the thing you used to cope. But every morning you have to do that in order to not shake or like have a blood sugar problem or whatever. That would be more characterized of independence. But right. you never hear of that. It's kind of an extreme little example. But it's like. And a glass is, of red wine is good for your heart. I had. I will woman, say. Yeah. I had a woman call and said, my 90-year-old mother is a, is a drug addict. I said, what do you mean? What is she taking? Xanax. <laughs> I said, okay, well. Tell me what's going. I please. How is? I'll, I'll hear. I'll hear anyone out. Yeah. She's like, she has to have her Xanax. Okay. How much does she take? Well, the pill bottle says she's supposed to take two a day as needed. I said, how much is she taking? She said, two a day. I said, she's not abusing it. She said, no. I said, okay. Um, is uh, is there anything like? awry with her behavior or anything else like that. And she's like, no, she's a healthy 90-year-old. She drives. She does all this stuff. She functions perfectly. And she just takes her Xanax as prescribed every day. So that's and, a dependency and, and, she, and I said, okay. And I said, so what's the problem? She's like, my mom's a drug addict. I said, what? Back up. <laughs> I said, 
She does, <laughs> does she abuse the medication? She said, no. I said, does she run out before she's supposed to? She said, oh, no, absolutely not. She takes it as she's supposed to. And if she doesn't take it, she'll start to shake a little bit. Isn't that what addicts do? I said, okay. Yes, I said, but- and so I started getting into it. This woman's talking about, okay, your mom's 90, first of all. <laughs> And, and the other thing was like she's she's talking about independence. I mean, there was no indications of abuse or anything like that. Just this woman saw that if the mom would forget her dose because the mom would just forget to take it because whatever, um, she would get withdrawal symptoms. And the mom thought the daughter thought that was what addiction was. But that's and so I went over this like whole class, this differentiation between because there's dependency. a dependency and there's an addiction. Yeah. Because yeah, if you stop if you're used to taking a certain dose of Xanax every day and you're taking it as prescribed, your body is going to get dependent on it. You are going to get to a point where you can't stop taking it safely and just cut yourself off because you will get withdrawals. You will get shakes and panic attacks possibly as a withdrawal effect. And you also could have a grand mal seizure. And so um, your body will get dependent on a, on a substance usually within two weeks of regular use. Right. Um, and so Sugar is a great example of that. That's if another you one. eat sugar every day... And then you try and stop eating sugar, I guarantee you will have some sort of withdrawal right. feeling and a craving for the sugar. But um, are you going to rob a pharmacy and no. take their sugar? No. See, there's the and, di- and, there's and the But let me say one the other thing, because I, I know I told this story once on the podcast before, and in case anybody missed it, I'm going to tell the story again. About eight or nine years ago, I was doing Tai Chi, and one of the instructors in her 70s maybe she started getting physical problems she they did they tested her it was something intestinal when they tested her for you know cancer and all these different things and couldn't figure out what it was but she was very very ill and so she was in the hospital and i went to visit her in the hospital and in speaking with her i found out that in her 20s and 30s she used cocaine, she used heroin, Ooh. she used, I mean, like, she would drink like a whole bottle of champagne, she said she did that for a month every day. Hmm. So she basically abused drugs and alcohol for a period of time, I think it was a matter of years, mm-hmm. and then she decided to stop, she stopped. So whether you would call her an addict, I don't know. However, I knew that now in her 70s, this mysterious, just um, what I perceived was like, uh, I'm losing the word, like destruction of the internal organs mm-hmm. of her body. I have total certainty that it was because of this period of time when she abused drugs and alcohol, oh. because you can't do that and walk away scot-free. No. Even, if you, even if you become clean and sober, you have done damage to your body and Mm -hmm. even though when i knew her she was health food tai chi you know all of this kind of stuff herbs and all that i'm almost certain that that's what was wrong because nobody could figure out what was wrong with her and she was basically dying you know and 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 i'm and when she told me that i went oh i mean heavily used drugs and alcohol abused drugs and alcohol for a period of years Mm -hmm. maybe 10 years and then just quit she said she was able to quit you know, so do we classify her as an addict? Maybe not. Well, I don't know. But look at the long-term effect on her body. She, there she is dying in her 70s. Nobody can figure out why. And I know it's because of the destruction inside. You're going to hate me for this. But I'm still going to say this. Why? To me, it's everything in proportion, right? So she went, you, so you said she was big into like the health, the health, the health, and the health food, stuff like that. It's like, and at one point she was an addict. It's like, hmm. 
any every thing anything in like, too much of an extreme isn't good. I don't for think you. she was extreme though. I just mean that she was now eating healthy. Oh, okay. In other words, now who she had a totally different lifestyle. Oh, okay, I gotcha. But this, you know, complete mysterious like illness is just turning on. Yeah, destruction of her internal organs that nobody can put a finger on. It's not cancer. That's... And it's not this and it's not that. And when she told me that, I went, yeah, because I'd watched. Um, you know, one, uh, a documentary mm-hmm. about guys, you know, like, oh, you know, I lost my teeth and I had to get a piece of my colon removed, you know, on different drugs. And I'm like, okay, well, there you go. You know, so there's, there's long-term effects, even if you don't, and even if you can just stop and walk away from it, you know? It's unreal. Yeah. Well. So today is the 28th of December, mm-hmm. which means that... We're coming t- up on the new year. Tuesday is the first day of 2019. And we're going to push this forward again, that if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you have a loved one that is an addict, do not wait till the new year's. Get them into treatment right now. Oh, this is our last episode before of the year. That's right. I just realized This is that. our last episode of 2018. Oh, and anybody listening needs to get their loved one into treatment now. Yeah, which brings me to a point. It's like, okay, everyone out there, stop what you're doing right now. Listen to the words come out of my mouth. How many times have you made a New Year's resolution that you did not keep? Oh, yeah. Gee, never. Never I done that. I always said this year, I'm going to stop using drugs. I'm going uh-huh. to get my life together. I'm going to, you know... I'm going to get detox. I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to get a good girlfriend. I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to like finish whatever degree I'm working on. I'm going to get all the stuff. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to do this. And I've got four more days where I really could just like go at it. And then January 1st, I'm going to stop. And that's going to be the beginning of my entire future. Right. Never happened one time. Right. Like that. I feel like a lot of us make those resolutions and we don't we're not gonna keep it i'm saying us like the group of people who are addicted to drugs right i know lots of us all went through that i'm gonna get it together this year i'm really gonna do it and the thing is is you have every intention on doing that yeah but you don't put the steps behind it to make that happen yep and the thing is is that every family out there that has an addict this is one of the things that might be going through their head is i'm really gonna get to it well, the and, and, the, the and the addict may be telling them, I'm going to get my my act together. I'm going to get my act together in 2019. I know I have a problem. I'm going to stop doing this. But how many times have they told you that? And how Over. many times has it not been the case? Because the percentage of people who can just stop on their own is so minuscule, it's probably less than 1% is my be. guess. Less than one percent so unless your loved one just happens to be in that less than one percent and can withdraw the drugs handle whatever problem Mm -hmm. the drugs were the solution for unless that's the case like this friend of mine who did tai chi you're setting yourself up for a loss and them up for a loss Mm -hmm. they're gonna need some kind of help Mm -hmm. some kind of treatment now, for the families of addicts, I want you guys to make a New Year's resolution that you're going to keep. And that's you're going to stop not confronting the fact that your kid's an addict and put your foot down and send them to treatment. Because I'll tell you this, more addicts than not are not going to ask for help. They're not going to come right out and say, I'm really screwed up. I need help. I need to go to rehab. I'm shooting too much heroin or sniffing too much coke or smoking too much crack or doing this or doing that. It's like they're not going to have the presence of mind to do it because always remember that an addict has spent a lot of time convincing everyone that everything's okay. And so that flip around and ask for help makes them wrong for everything. And they're not going to let that happen. So what you as the parent need to do 
And I don't care if you're the parent of a 45-year-old. You're still a parent of a child and to some degree. And you need to put your foot down and say, that's it. New year, new you pointing to the addict. Get the treatment. We're going to make it go right. Um, And you're going to do what we tell you to do because – don't let another year pass when your when your kid stays addicted. Don't you yep. let another year pass where your parent stays addicted. Don't let another or your uncle, your cousin, or your friend, or your grandmother, whoever. Don't let another day pass. You okay, really, do really something shouldn't. now. If your if your loved one goes out on New Year's Eve and overdoses and dies, you are never going to forgive yourself if you didn't take action right now to get them into treatment. You're never going to forgive yourself. And we would like to help you avoid that pain. At all costs. At all costs by having you do something about it now. Mm -hmm. Make a call. You know, you can call and talk to Jason if you decide you don't want your loved one to go to Narconon, whatever. I'll refer you somewhere where you want him to go. The important thing is you make a call. You make the call. You talk to someone today and you get help and you take action because what what will kill you more than anything else is if you do nothing. If you do everything you can and you still cannot get help for your addict, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I did everything I can. Mm -hmm. But if you sit there and say, well, I think I'm going to wait. Well, I'm kind of not sure. Well, what if they get mad at me? Well, I want to give them their space. Well, I want to let them make their own decision. If those are some of the things you're going through, heaven forbid that your loved one dies of an overdose, but you will never forgive yourself if that's your attitude. So- do something about it. Do it now. We want for all of you to have a happy, prosperous, and healthy. sober healthy and sober 2019. Year. That's what we want. Sober. No methadone, no suboxone. No vivitrol. No vivitrol. No fentanyl testing strips. No regular test weed. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we want you to be sober. We want you to ha- live long lives and Engage with us on Facebook and tell us what you're doing. Totally. And that's, that's, that's our wish for everybody. So. Exactly. So on that note, Jason, happy we will end the podcast. Yes. And we will say Happy New Year. And we will be back here next week, year. next week year. and next year. <laughs> and uh, we got some great interviews lined up. So we'll talk again. Awesome. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcanonsuncoast.org. Narcanon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 